3: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: The Volume. This is Straight Fire with Jason
0: McIntyre.
3: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. For Friday, April 28th. What a night in the NFL. Listen, it's been, the football season ended in the middle of February. And, you know, there's like a little respite. And everybody goes on vacation. And there's the combine. And then there's the workouts and all that stuff. And you kind of sort of pay attention. And then you get to draft day. And, like, the excitement is just through the roof, folks. It was a crazy night in the NFL draft. It's funny. I was saying on The Herd Thursday... You know, it's been a, like five or six years since anybody's done a draft day trade in the top five. Um, Might have even been a little bit longer since anybody traded in the top 10 on draft day. Now, obviously, before the draft, you know, there was even one Carolina moving up to one. But they know they wanted a guy that got you. If you know who you want, you go up early, right? Draft day stuff hasn't really been happening as much lately. And then, <laughs> and then. 2023 happened, and it was absolute chaos all over the place. We'll do heavy draft at the top. We will talk about the Celtics, and a close one with the Hawks, and setting up the weekend of games with the semifinals in the East kicking off, and we'll do a couple NBA best bets for what is, listen, Friday night in sports is crazy. Warriors looking to close it out, Lakers looking to close it out, and the NFL draft continues, but... We gotta start with the draft. A lot of places to take it, you know. Eagles, obviously, big winners. I don't really care about the Bryce Young thing. Everybody knew that was happening. You had Houston taking CJ Stroud early, despite the S2 bombing. Then Houston, and and this there's some drama in Houston. We that's why we had a guest on. I kind of sniffed out there's gonna be some drama. And D'Amico Ryan's pretty clearly pounded the table. If you can get your quarterback to save your job, I got to go get me my guy. And they traded back up. It was stupid. We'll, we'll get into that. And then um, Arizona made some kind of insane moves. Philadelphia makes one little jump up. I actually want to start with the guy who fell out of the first round, and that would be Will Levis. And let this be a lesson to any of you. Hopefully, we you know I know we have a smart audience. Rob G checks the numbers. We're able to get some data on you guys, and we, we know we got a good audience. Hopefully, none of you guys are the meatballs going on this Reddit message board where some jabroni with some random name, you know, eyesore2796, is saying, oh, Will Levis is going first. And then all these morons follow the Reddit message board and bet Will Levis to go first overall. And he falls out of the first round. These are the same ass clowns who are backing GameStop. we got to get in the GameStop action. Oh, my gosh, we got these meme stocks. we got to jump up. A- and they lose their shirt. It's like, guys, you know, listen, do we like Will Levis? I didn't particularly like him. In my final mock draft, I had him going forth to the Colts. There were a lot of signs that the Colts liked him. I should have gone with my initial reaction was Shane Steichen, Jalen Hurts. Shane Steichen, Anthony Richardson. I mean, it's pretty obvious right there. I leaned more on Ballard and the owner Liking Levis because he kind of fit the prototype of a quarterback that Ballard had had, and pretty clearly, Ursay likes a big, stocky quarterback, a big Andrew Luck, a big Peyton Manning in the pocket, but it's not Levis. And then the fall begins, and it's like Atlanta passes for Bijan Robinson. Like, what an asinine pick that was. Again, it's two things can be true. I can like Bijan Robinson as a player, and I can hate Atlanta who hit a home run in the fifth round with Tony Algier last year. Guy had like 1,100 yards, bunch of touchdowns, more than capable, and they have Cord Patterson. You drafted another running back? What are you doing? We, we just saw the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl with a seventh-round running back. The Falcons hit a home run and a fifth-round running back, and you're going Bijan John Robinson, eighth overall? I get it. He's going to put up numbers. He's going to be good. But, like, value, folks. I mean, Austin Eckler, Chargers, undrafted. Like, you can find running backs. Can you find left tackles? A little harder. Can you find edge rushers? A little harder. You know, I, I didn't like that pick. At any rate, Will Levis continues to fall. Tennessee Titans, who a lot of people had maybe taken a quarterback. And it's possible. Remember, we had uh, Mike Labardi on this week. And we had Lance Zerline on from Houston. The Trey Lance stuff, the fact that Tennessee did not take a quarterback... And their GM just came from San Francisco. Maybe the Titans kick the tires on Trey Lance. They end up taking Skoronsky. And then it's like, ooh, oh boy, what's the landing spot? Where does he go? And you start looking down and like, oh, Washington, maybe. You know, Ron Rivera's got to keep his job. You know, the best way to kind of get an extension, like a a stay of execution, if you will, you draft a quarterback and say, you know what, this is going to be the guy. We need to sit him, sit him for a little bit, insert him later. Look at the progress. Boom, that's our guy for next year. And, and you know, you're able to keep your job. No, Ron Rivera said, no, I want Emmanuel Forbes. He really fits my man coverage uh, schemes in the secondary. And I'm like, Ron Rivera, bro, put your house on the market. I, I don't, it just feels like, yeah, you know, I like Sam Howell a little bit, but I don't see a path to success for Washington. So then Levis keeps falling, and meanwhile, ESPN just keeps shoving him down down your throat. Now, it didn't help that he's got these two sisters there, blonde, attractive, college-looking kids or whatever, and then his girlfriend comes over and she's (laughs) like, she's going to the prom with some red dress, and it's funny because if you just type in Will Levis' girlfriend, all these newspapers wrote about her because she's posting on Instagram and all this stuff, and he's an attractive brunette, whatever, and Will Levis is getting more airtime than anyone else. I bet you guys didn't even know Joey Porter was in the green room And did get drafted in the first round. Cornerback whose dad uh, was in the NFL. And there was like, I think, three other guys in the green room. But you wouldn't know it because Will Levis, with the attractive women around him, and he's a quarterback sitting there sweating bullets. You felt bad for the guy. But as Sauce Gardner of the Jets noted on social media, as well as, in my opinion, a lot of other smart people know, it ain't the end of the world. In the moment, it sucks. Donkey you know what? It is the worst. Cameras are on you. You're sweating. You're just sitting there waiting for the call, waiting for the text. I mean, what else are you doing besides looking at your phone? Who I don't know. I don't know who Will Levis is texting. I'm assuming his agent was there It saw his mom and dad. And like, you felt bad for the guy. And then you remember back to Lamar Jackson five years ago, sitting in the green room with his mom at the table. And there's many images of them just like head on the table, laying down, exhausted, sitting there for what, four hours? And he falls to the end of the first round. And it just so happens that, what, five years to the day? Or four years to the day? I forget what it was. Lamar Jackson signs his new deal with the Ravens. (coughs) Five-year deal. Highest paid quarterback in the league. NFL history, I'm sorry. He gets $185 million guaranteed. It's a five-year deal. but And not to go off the Will Levis story, but the timing of the Lamar Jackson was interesting. Rob, I don't know if you noticed this, they announce it like two hours before the draft, maybe three. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, where's the guaranteed money? What's the guaranteed money? And then they leak that like an hour before the draft, and you're like, wait, he got 185 mil. Wait, how does that line up with what he was offered before? And how does that compare to? But by the time all this stuff started to come out, it's like, oh, it's draft time, guys. Let's forget about Lamar Jackson. Forget that contract. Let's go to the Carolina Panthers. You're on the clock. And it was like, the Lamar, listen, if you're the Ravens, that was as good a handling as you could possibly do with Lamar Jackson. Wait for Jalen Hurts to sign his deal, give him more money than Jalen Hurts, Lamar, and then boom, it's quick. On to the next one. The draft happens. Now, we're putting this out just after midnight on Friday morning. What do you think is going to be the top three stories on Friday morning when you're in rush hour traffic? Will Levis falling? Probably the Eagles grabbing two more Georgia defenders. They're rebuilding the Georgia Bulldogs' historically great 2021 defense. And then, you know, maybe Bryce Young, maybe C.J. Stroud going second. Maybe the Texans getting the second and third pick. That's a little crazy. Probably won't be my Jets getting Will McDonald. I will talk about that later. Um, It could be any of those. It could be the Ravens adding Zay Flowers. Oh, and oh, by the way, yeah, the Ravens, they signed Lamar Jackson. They're keeping him. And they gave him a lot of money. Okay, so... Let's see. Uh, oh, the NBA games tonight and it's like Lamar Jackson's story. Uh, it, it was just a a, a, per, a masterclass from the Baltimore Ravens on how to handle a really dire and ugly situation that dragged out and for the better part of 2 months was ugly. And frankly, Will Levis is going to is going to be a bigger story later today than Lamar Jackson. That's a given. Because quarterbacks are a big deal and you know, we're starting to see some people say, "Well, you could see him tumbling a little bit, folks." Listen, I didn't look at a ton of mock drafts, but I started to. When it got to late first round, I'm like, geez, is anybody going to trade back in to get Will Levis? It's like, well, Saints Saints just got Derek Carr. Bengals sure as hell ain't doing it. Eagles aren't doing it. Chiefs, what are they doing with Will Levis? So, (coughs) unbelievably, he tumbles out of the first round entirely. Second round begins, what, Friday, like 7 o'clock Eastern, I think? Maybe 7.30? And I'll tell you right now, Rob, my prediction is On Will Levis. I don't think anyone trades up to Pittsburgh to get him. I don't think anyone wants him at 32. You always want the first pick of the second day. If someone's super hot for a player that fell, Joey Porter, whatever. Maybe Joey Porter goes to the Steelers. They could use a cornerback. Joey Porter also played with the Steelers. Um, Then it's Arizona. I believe at 34, the Detroit Lions, who had a pretty terrible opening round. We'll get to it in a sec. Rob G., I believe that Will Levis will go 34 to the Detroit Lions. Now, if he falls beyond that, keep an eye on the Rams at 36 because the Rams um I believe one of their coaches went to Kentucky and was the OC working with Levis for a year. And Will Levis has been in pro systems. I don't know if he fits what McVay wants to do, but I would keep an eye on that. There could be some traction there now. If he doesn't if Levis doesn't go 34 or 36, I mean I, Seattle 37? I at that point, I'm just I'm lost. T- Tennessee at 41, could he could he fall deeper? We know the Jets ain't taking him, Packers aren't taking him, so it could get ugly. But Rob, ultimately, we know falling is not the worst thing in the world. Aaron Rodgers fell, turned out great. Okay, Lamar Jackson fell, turned out great. Um, sometimes falling is better because you're not going to a dumpster fire of a franchise where the coaching staff is going to get gutted in a year or two, right? And you're not going to a crap team with an offensive line issue. Like, sometimes going to a better team could work in your favor.
5: Yeah, that's assuming, though, that you have the goods to make it work out in your favor. And by all accounts—now, okay, vague generalization. By a handful of accounts, Will Livis is the guy who looks great, fits the mold, has everything that you think you're looking for, but he's just not that guy. And there's no shame in that, right? The problem, though, is— and this is not your fault. This is just the media in general. Agents dictate how a lot of these mock drafts go on. It's, hey, my guy, uh, I'm getting a lot of buzz from this team and this team and this team about this quarterback and this player. So suddenly, your favorite columnist at Fox Sports or ESPN, NFL Network, CBS is going to say, well, Will Levis, I'm hearing, is is really hot for seven different teams. So I'm going to put him higher in my mock draft. And as you see it start to play out in real time, or if you're listening to guys who know more information, but they're not paid to put out mock drafts, they'll tell you, well, he was never that high to begin with. This Mm -hmm. is just all media creation. This is buzz being created by, by people outside of NFL locker rooms, NFL brain trusts. And the more that we hear into the wee hours of Friday morning, yeah, guys, like you know, Jay Glazer suggesting that yeah, I don't, I don't see him getting picked here in this spot. I don't see him. And he's just going down the list every time they bring up during a broadcast. Well, what about here? What about here? He's like, no, I don't. I, they are not really high on him. Albert Breer publishing something late on a uh, on Thursday night into Friday morning about what NFL teams were saying about the quarterbacks, and he is saying that there was a buzz building up in the week leading up to the draft about Will Levis that didn't exist before this last week. So maybe it's the Reddit thing, maybe it's just these guys smoke screening it, yeah. but it, it, w- it wouldn't make sense, <laughs> in my opinion, that Will Levis would suddenly have this surge of interest in the last, you know, 96 hours that didn't exist before. I think this was all yeah. agent-driven, media-driven right.
3: stuff. I'm just wondering, like, I like Breer, he comes on the pod, I know him, we text, he's a, he's a, he's a, a, a pal. Why didn't he write that when there was buzz? Because maybe he thought he was getting smoke screened, or like I, I don't know, like why wasn't that? I didn't read that anywhere that Levis could fall out of the first round.
5: Well, yeah, I don't think anyone was saying out of the first round. I, yeah, this, I, this I, was, you, don't, you I didn't see anyone go on record with anything like that. No. Yeah,
3: um, but you know, given it looked like he was being held, he was in good hands. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, at the draft, and I'm sure at the hotel tonight. He, he, listen, he's gonna be okay. It's gonna be fine.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the
0: iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
3: Robbie, you feel free to disagree. You know I've been bullish on the Detroit Lions. I have hyped the hell out of this team heading into this upcoming season. I've made the case that they could be the third best team in the NFC. I think they are the team to beat in the NFC North. I love everything about what the Lions did. And it has all fallen apart in about a week. Jamison Williams, who was hurt and missed almost all last year, I think he had one catch, gets popped for gambling on college football. Six-game suspension. Then the Lions... In the draft, you know, they're sitting in at six. You're at a great spot. Hey, maybe they take the uh, maybe they take a quarterback, um, Jared Goff, big contract. You get a quarterback on a rookie deal. Maybe there's something there. They decide, you know what, we, we can collect extra picks and trade back. Oh, well, that, that's a great idea. Arizona Cardinals hard up to get Kyler Murray's guy, Paris Johnson. Unbelievable. I, I cannot recall, Rob, a team. No, no, I'm sorry. Two teams trading into the top six to get a position other than a quarterback. I mean, the Texans traded up for an edge rusher. The Arizona Cardinals traded up for a tackle. Like, you're giving up picks down the road for a non-quarterback. That's insanity. At any rate. So the Detroit Lions fall back from six to 12. And I'm like, all right, 12. Let's see. Okay, there's some options here. Maybe they go um, with an edge rusher, right? There's some uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. How about that? I mean, goodness gracious. They got a lot of options. Detroit had options uh, uh, of a lot. I mean, Broderick Jones. Well, they don't really need an offensive lineman. They got a good offensive line. Broderick Jones was still out there. Got a lot of options. Christian Gonzalez was kind of falling. You're like, geez, that that lion's secondary stinks. Jeff Okuda's gone. They signed a couple guys, one one of them on a one-year deal. They end up taking in, we could argue this was the surprise of the first round. There were many surprises. Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Alabama. I've been doing mocks for Fox Sports. I had him in one mock like five months ago. He is really nice. He will. He looks like Alvin Kamara with that stutter step and the speed and the frame. He's talented. He was at Georgia Tech. Al, he's, Al, obviously, has a good year there. Alabama's like, come on down. I, I don't know if you guys remember this. The hardcore listeners will remember. I go to Vegas every year to sign up for the uh, NFL gambling contest, and I place futures bets. I had a futures ticket on Jameer Gibbs to win the Heisman. It was a long shot. Coming into Bama, I was like, this guy's going to put up massive numbers. Alabama running backs, too. He's a he's a receiver. He's a running back. I liked him. Not at 12 overall. What the hell are you doing? A running back? And, Rob, this is compounding matters, okay? They already have DeAndre Swift coming back. And, oh, by the way, they just signed David Montgomery from the Bears to a three-year $18 million deal. What on earth are you doing? And I know you lost Jamal Williams your running back at the goal line. And yeah, sure, Gibbs is a change of pace guy. He's got the four four speed. Rob, this uh, if you look back since 2018, the last running back to go in the top 20 was Saquon Barkley. And now you've got two in the top 12. That is insanity, and I will remind people what's going on with Saquon Barkley. Injuries, and he's not got the franchise tag. This is just hideous. I, I'm frankly, I'm embarrassed for the Lions, but they, but but, 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 wait, it gets worse. You guys remember that rap song, Rob? You don't, right? I do not. Nineties, nineties. No. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Slam Onyx,
5: no. B-boy, I know that Max song, yeah, but I don't remember that line. But I remember that song. But
3: but but wait, it gets worse.
5: I don't no. remember that. All right, jeez. Slam. Da, 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 yes, yes, slam. Da, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's okay, it, that's, that's it. all I remember um, from that, that
3: song. That song can thump with two 12-inch subs in the trunk. I would know. <laughs> um, at any rate, so the Lions. Then they're sitting at 18. You're like, all right, let's see. What do we go? Oh, Jackson, sit- the Jigba's still on the board. Come on, that, that's like that. You got the kid Banks, the cornerback. They got options. They go for a friggin' linebacker. And not like an edge rusher linebacker, like one of these six, four, 245 hundred forty five pound linebackers. Like, what the hell is Dan Campbell doing? I mean, guys, and this is even worse. So I, I was so upset with the Lions. I would give them an F. I like the. I mean, you could like the players and still give them an F because you could. Those guys could be around in the second round. Here, twenty eighteen, right? This is that was a round, uh, round where four linebackers were taken in the first round. This is what happens to linebackers when you take them in the first round. Roquan Smith went eight. You remember what happened to him, Rob? The Bears shipped him out of town. Now, he did get paid by the Ravens, but I mean, that's a bad deal. But bottom line, the team that drafted him ended up trading him. Then the Buffalo Bills got Tremaine Edmonds at 16. He's gone. He's on another team. I don't even know who it is. 19th, Leighton Van Der Esch. He started out good, remember? And then his fifth year option got declined, and he signed two like cheap one or two year deals in Dallas. 22nd, Rashawn Evans out of Alabama. Now, if you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Rashawn Evans. Yeah, you, you forgot him. Um, he was dumped by the Titans, went to the Falcons. He is currently not signed. Folks, this is five years ago. Linebackers do not matter. They don't. Now, if you're the Niners and you have an elite, amazing superstar in the middle of your defense, that's one thing. But you win in the trenches. I, Rob, I'm just so disappointed with the friggin' Detroit Lions.
5: And rightfully so. More so for the second pick, I think, than the first pick, though. Um, I mean, th- th- again, this is all an uh, 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 exact science right now. But the uh, the yes. athletic published something uh, l- right after round one had wrapped, saying what okay. were the biggest reaches of the last like five years in each first round. And obviously, my Raiders had like two of them in the last five years that they said were biggest reaches. But one of them that they listed was, in fact, linebacker Jack Campbell. Was relative? No, th- I mean they don't they don't give letter grade. They say what relative to their consensus rankings who was the biggest reach. And to them, Jack Campbell was it this year. The guy who came in second this year, your guy, Will McDonald, for Iowa State. To oh, kids. no. All
3: right, we'll get but, to that shortly. We'll, listen, but, I, let me just say a quick thing about Campbell because I know I know some Lions fans listen to this because they send me messages. I don't not like Campbell. I mean, this guy led the country in tackles, first-team All-American, Big Ten defensive player of the year. He's a hard-nosed, tough SOB. Do I want him hitting me or coming over the middle? Of course not. Now, The value in a player like this is he's going to come in the locker room, be a culture setter, he's going to work hard, he's going to be first one in, last guy out. You know that Iowa mantra of just being a tough guy who's really, really good and just a solid football player. The problem is you can find those guys after 18. Is Jack Campbell going to have a 10-year career with the Lions? Almost certainly not. Could a left tackle or an edge rusher? More likely... The hist- the history, when you look at the numbers and the contracts, linebackers just, they come and go. They're very replaceable. And last year, by the way, I think the Lions started two rookies at linebacker. Or they started a rookie, uh, the kid Malcolm uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, I think is his name. I only know because he's dating this influencer in Detroit who has really good content. You should check her out. <laughs> and that's the only reason I know that. And then I looked him up. I was like, he's a rookie? He's starting? Um I, yeah, no, no, I've gotten, Rob, you know these videos, when I go on vacation with the family and I, we get these videos and it's all like cut up and it looks cool.
5: Mm-hmm. I got,
3: I've got i gotten all these ideas from her. She gets them and then I say, what app is that? She knows all the good apps because she's like on top of all this stuff. And, 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 you know, she's really a big deal in Detroit. Anyway, she's dating this Lions guy and their linebacker last year was good. Like, you can find linebackers in the fourth, fifth round. At any rate, I'm sorry, Rob. Continue.
5: No, it's okay. Uh, well, I think we've exhausted that conversation, linebacker. But the one that I want to disagree with you a bit, respectfully, was the Jameer Gibbs selection. Now, oh. after the draft, Brad Holmes was asked about it, and specifically DeAndre Swift, and his answer was, he's still on our roster. And then oh. he said, so that's never a good sign when that's that your first opening sentence to a statement about your starting running back. Interesting. But,
3: okay, so they anticipate bumping Swift.
5: I'm, it definitely feels that way. I mean, he went on to say more like, yeah, he's a dynamic player. We're happy he's on his team. But when your first response to a question is, he's still in our roster. He's still part of our team. He's still under contract. That usually implies that we're trying to trade this guy. But the reason why I, I didn't hate the Jameer Gibbs pick and to a lesser extent, the Bajan Robinson pick is neither one of those guys are like throwback. Prototype running backs from the 1990s, early 2000s. Like, this is not, you know, a Jamal Lewis who's going to run between the tackles and just grind you out. Like, these guys are more in the Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara mold, okay. where you'll give them 12 to 14 touches inside the tackles, but you're also going to give them four or five targets in the pass game. And when you have a guy that's that versatile, where it's not so obvious when you have him lined up like a Zeke Elliott, like uh, um, Mike Lombardi said yesterday, where if Zeke's in, you know we're going to run the football. Like there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. When you have a guy like Robinson and Gibbs, they can come out in a power eye formation and shift, and then they're in a spread, and next thing you know, he's matching up on an inside linebacker, and he's Fair. getting him on a quick slant. So when you have guys who can be used multidimensionally, I don't have an issue with you reaching to get him if you think it's going to help your offense.
3: Okay. I'll accept that. Uh, We should probably move on from the Lions because we talked about them a lot. Um, I already said I didn't like the Washington pick of Emmanuel Forbes. And this is just, you know, Belichick stays winning. So Belichick, they were at uh, 14. They kind of screwed the Jets. Um, As soon as the Packers got Lucas Van Ness, who I had mocked uh, to, the Packers were Patriots for a while. The Packers traded up with the Jets 13 and 15 in the Rodgers deal. Packers get Van Ness, who's just the quintessential Packers guy. But he was also the perfect Patriots guy. So Patriots, see, he's off the board. They're like, well, I don't know. Let's trade down. So they go to 17. Of course, Steelers come up. What do they get? Broderick Jones. The reason I liked him, among other reasons, he had an offer from Alabama in the ninth grade. Ended up at Georgia. Alabama offering you in ninth grade and you're a a tackle? It's It's kind of a big deal. This is an unbelievable stat. Last year... In, at Georgia, 445 pass-blocking snaps, gave up zero sacks. Decent in the SEC. Anyways, so the Steelers get him good pick. And the Patriots, like, oh, we'll go down to 17. They end up getting Christian Gonzalez, kid out of Oregon, who, Rob, I'm sure you saw him a little. I think he was Colorado, then Oregon. I'm telling you, at the Combine, he was dominant. I don't know why he would fall. I still don't get it. We'll have to see what comes out. But the Patriots got a guy at 17 that... A lot of people had mocked in the top 10. Now, just because they're mocked in the top 10 doesn't mean they're top 10 worthy. But a guy like Daniel Jeremiah, who we have on the podcast, I trust his work. kuiper has been doing this a while. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys out there you value. Kuiper's not great by any stretch, but Kuiper's a great entertainer. I like his work. Is he great at mock drafts? I, I don't think he's great. At any rate, most, most guys that I value had Christian Gonzalez in the top 10 or 11. And for the Patriots to get him at 17, it's just Belichick winning once again. Um, other notes that I had. Uh, I know some people are mocking the Bears for this Darnell Wright, but if you listened closely to the pod two weeks ago, maybe it was this week, I had said Darnell Wright versus Will Anderson, that Tennessee-Alabama matchup. Go watch that matchup. Darnell Wright kind of wrecked Will Anderson. Anderson could not get around him. That was the great 48-45 game. I think that was the score, 51-48, whatever it was. Tremendous game. Darnell Wright really did a great job against Will Anderson. Like, Anderson couldn't get around him. Now, I know some of the reports on Darnell Wright were like, oh, wait a minute, come on, this is, what are they doing here? Uh, This is a guy with short arms and slow 40 time, Um, you know. uh, Is he that good? Why are we taking him over Broderick Jones? I get it, but I think he's a good, 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 good fit. In Chicago. I I actually don't like it. I think he's a little undervalued. I've read a little too much about him. I just like his story. Um, Rob, anything about why don't we go to your Raiders before I tackle the Jets?
5: Um, Don't love the pick. It has nothing against the player though. I think Tyree Wilson is an absolute specimen. I think it totally made sense why he was being mocked a lot of times to to Houston at, at three before the draft. He is a special, special talent. My concern though is the Raiders just gave Chandler Jones a bajillion dollars last year. Mm -hmm. And obviously he didn't perform well. So they doubled down and invest more premium equity into another pass rusher, which would make sense. Like if you're saying, hey, we missed out on Chandler Jones. It didn't work out. We got to replace him. But Tyree Wilson, as explosive as he is, as his, his potential is through the roof, he's also coming off a Liz Frank injury. So if you're going to double dip like that, I'd much rather you have gotten a safer draft pick. Like, it seems like they, they're swinging for the fence on this one. And I hope it works out. That'd be fantastic. But when you're already investing that much money in a Chandler Jones and it, and it bombed, you invest a top 10 pick in another pass rusher with a question mark. That That's me. I'm a little bit concerned about that part.
3: Um. I have. I don't have similar concerns. Uh, remember, I, I didn't love the fact that he worked out with nobody. If you guys Raiders fans who um, want to feel Rob G, go listen to Mike Lombardi when he was on here. Yeah, I mean, he really likes Tyree Tyree Wilson. I have reluctance trading for a guy or drafting a guy. Sorry, who f- hasn't worked out for us for four months and like, let's right, find his foot yeah. injury. Yeah. yeah, like, come on, like, uh, I is he going to need a second surgery? Foot, kind of a big deal. Anyways. Um, so the Jets, after Broderick Jones was off the board, I would not have been upset if they had gone with um, the kid Harrison from Oklahoma, but I thought he could have been had later. He went, I think, like in the late 20s, 20, 27. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm okay with Michael Mayer. I really like him. But what about Jackson Smith, the Jigba? People forget two years ago how friggin' good this guy was. Last year, you know, the hamstring, blah, blah, blah. At any rate, they go with Will McDonald, a 23-year-old edge rusher out of Iowa State. He turns 24 in June. And uh, this is going to be six four two forty, 240, kind of light. I mean, I would have preferred Nolan Nolan Smith, the younger kid out of Georgia. I think what I'm going to buy here is Joe Douglas. Remember, he drafted Jermaine Johnson. Do you remember we had him on the pod last year, Rob? I do. Right the week of the draft, we have mm-hmm. him on. And he slides a little bit, and the Jets grab him. And he was pretty damn good this year. I think he had a punt block as a rookie, and he was like a rotational guy. Now they're going to be dispatching somebody, so he's probably going to start. And I think McDonald will be kind of a, a like a situational pass rusher. But I think he's going to have an impact. Remember, Sala came from San Francisco. What did the Niners do? Bookend rushers, and you just rotate them. Sala was there when they went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. You just rotate, rotate, and pressure the quarterback. You have great cornerbacks in Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. The defense should be good. Um, I- I'm bullish. Jets at – 43. I mean, I, I'm always best player on the board. Uh, swing tackle, swing guard. What? Give me an offensive lineman. And if Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end falls, I'm all up in on that. Um, I think the Eagles by far were the biggest winner. They've now drafted, Rob. Four Georgia players from that historically great 2021 defense. Jalen Carter fell, and at that point you're like, geez, Jalen Carter, wow, how many red flags does this guy have? And then... He goes to the Eagles, where he's going to be alongside Jordan Davis. Do you remember how dominant they were in 2021? And then they're like, oh, well, we see Nolan Smith falling. Let's grab him. And Nolan Smith, young guy, coming off an injury. That Eagles defense is just, it's going to be, it's going to be nasty. I, I i honestly think the Eagles probably, Rob, probably a little irrational. Given what they did last year, what they've done in the offseason, I think they have to be the favorites in the NFC. You agree?
5: Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't know. Who's even second? Dallas, probably.
3: Over the 49ers?
5: The, the quarterback situation in San Francisco is the reason why I wouldn't put them immediately second. You put immediately Dallas second. second? Be, because Brock Purdy, it's, it's possible, if not likely, that he misses at least half the season because it, you know, it's an elbow injury. And we haven't seen anything from Trey Lance that you think that he's even a, a competent NFL quarterback. Mm. So it's, it's hard to overcome not having a quarterback. Um, I did see that a lot of people were saying the Eagles were the big winners. And obviously when you get two guys with that kind of pedigree and potential, I understand. I'll, I'll be the, the cold water guy though. Look, there's a reason why Jalen Carter fell that far, right? Mm. The Chicago bears uh, GM was asked about it. You know, you had him right there. You could have taken him at nine. You flip with the Philly for the 10th pick and he wouldn't comment on it specifically. But one thing he did say is that character is very important for us. So obviously, if Mike Lombardi says there's only two real blue-chip prospects in this draft, it's Bryce Young and Jalen Carter, and seven other teams have a chance to take him, and they don't, yeah. that says a lot. I mean, him not finishing his his pro day says a lot, right? And Nolan Smith, I think that in college he was a monster. I think he's a, a great pass rusher. The only concern, though, is... I, I think he you know he weighed in like around two thirty five two thirty seven something like that. He's light. When you watch him on tape though, he doesn't look like he's that big. He doesn't even look like he's two thirty five two. He looks like he's closer to two twenty five. You get some creatine up in him. Uh, maybe get him on that J-Mac workout routine because you're looking Jack these days. Lose bro. weight, bro. You're yeah, looking no, jacked. no, I, I get those concerns. So I, that's I get the it. that's the only thing. Like, look, obviously, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you have a pretty loaded roster, so you can afford to take big swings. So I understand that part. I just don't know if it's the slam dunk that many people are making it out to be, considering that both of these guys fell for good reason. Fox
1: Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at
0: foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
4: Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
1: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today.
3: Surprises. Minnesota Vikings. You know, Kirk Cousins, they can get out of his deal in one year. Hendon Hooker, they liked him a lot. Three meetings with the GM the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed when Daniel Jones was the friggin' quarterback twice, including a playoff game at home. And they draft Jordan Addison. I mean, I get you lose Thielen. You want to replace him. I mean, your defense is garbage. You got beat badly by Daniel Jones twice. You could not stop him on any important down. And you go Jordan Addison. We'll see. Maybe they'll go um, defense the rest of the way. Kind of surprised by the Quinton Johnson to the Chargers, Mike, Rob. I said Mike. Um, This probably means
5: Mike Williams has one more year, right? Yeah, probably for good reason, because he can't stay healthy.
3: He he does catch everything, though. Uh, Seattle's getting a lot of props. Jackson Smith, the Jigba at 20. To go with Metcalf and Lockett, that's pretty filthy. I'll be honest. I did not understand the Devin Weatherspoon uh, at five. I like Weatherspoon. I had him going six, but Seattle historically has drafted corners great later in the draft last year Sherman etc it's like is he that good now listen Seattle they get that defensive front the the young guys play that well again like there's a chance they're the third best team in the NFC I I will say Rob I do like the Anthony Richardson to the Colts I don't think they're going to be good next year but let's see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins right now that the Ravens and we have barely talked about the Lamar Jackson thing Ravens added Zay Flowers in the draft They have now taken, Robbie. you ready for this? A wide receiver in three of the last five first rounds. Hollywood Brown, Bateman, and Flowers. Lamar Jackson now has the best, and we were early on this, Lamar has the best wide receiver room he's ever had. And they added Flowers. OBJ, Flowers, Bateman. Like, Devin Duvernay was like their number two last year. He's like a four. They've got some dudes. I don't think they go after Hopkins, but I do think there is going to be a market for Hopkins if he's not traded, I think they're going to have to cut him outright. He don't want to be there. He's probably not going to play. So you got to wonder who makes a play, who makes a move. Um, I would keep an eye on the Bears. I don't know if he wants to play with Justin Fields, the young quarterback. He probably wants to win at this point in his career. Maybe Detroit's in the mix. I don't know. But interesting that Seattle goes cornerback early and wide receiver. I didn't think either of those were a need position, but drafting on need is not always the smartest move. Um, Do we miss anyone, Rob, before we go to the NBA?
5: Um, I don't think so. I will say just quickly, I I didn't love the Zay Flowers pick. I think he's a good player. I like his potential. I don't like that. The Baltimore Ravens situation with Lamar Jackson has always been very straightforward. We're going to throw to big body tight ends over the middle Mm. and extremely fast wide receivers on the outside. And... Lamar throws a great deep ball, so I understand that point. I know that he's not super accurate, but at some point, I would like to see them get a big body, physical receiver on the outside with a big oh. range of big target uh, range, and and things like that. And and that's why I wanted them to get D Hop. And I don't think it's going to happen now at this point. But there's only so many times you can have you know four, three guys running forty yards down the field. Like you know, at some point, you got to run like a stop or or, or something short that's just going to move the stick on the outside. Right. And so that's my only pushback
3: yeah I, I would uh, last thing on the draft the Houston Texans so my gut and again we had the Texans guy Lance Zerline on this week if you missed I think it was Wednesday's pot maybe Tuesday Um, it's pretty clear the GM's job is in trouble and Lance said that the coach D'Amico Ryan's kind of has the room there given how bad Nick Casario has been the GM um, my guess is Casario overruled everybody with C.J. Stroud or Stroud won over the owner. And then DeRico Ryan said, listen, I didn't come here, you know, to not have any say. We got to go up and get Will Anderson. And I, my guess is that's what went down because it's very odd. Rob, I can't remember the last time a, a team drafted two, then traded up to get three. And I like Will Anderson. My gut tells me that the Texans are going to be drafting in the top five next
5: year. Would you agree? Yeah, this was very Kevin um, (laughs) Costner-esque draft day, one of the the absolute worst sports movies. And, And depending on which analytics program you follow, I saw some people saying that the Texans lost in excess of the first overall pick with like the trade what? value chart in that trade there was some that said that they lost a, a, a mid the mid, mid first rounder plus an additional like third wow. or fourth value wise yeah. so almost everybody across the board on varying degrees said that they got absolutely murdered in that yeah. trade
3: it, it was you you trade up for a quarterback you don't trade up for really any other position and nobody considers Will Anderson like a bosa um uh, at least not that I've seen. Oh, final thing. Now, uh, I forgot about this. Rob, this kind of stuff irks me with the draft, and this is why I maintain we all think we know nobody knows jack squat. Chris Mortensen, I don't know if you saw this, reported late in the first round. One of the reasons Will Levis is tumbling is because there was a, a toe issue that some team said, you're going to need surgery. And Will Levis said, I don't need surgery. And it's like, wait a minute. You guys have been going through this process for four months, and this is the first we've heard? of Will Levis's toe that may or may not need surgery. Rob, tell me how the hell that happens? Cuz I know
5: my I know what my answer is. Uh my guess is that's um an agent conversation. Yeah. And so they hid this from everyone.
3: No team is really giving up any really goods or somebody would have leaked this Levis toe thing, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want to damage the guy, but like What kind of reporting is that? Oh, as he's falling 20 picks later. Oh, there's this toe thing. He may need surgery. Just some chicken shit uh, stuff that annoys me. Anyways, let's quickly go NBA. Did you, Rob, did you watch a lot of Hawks Celtics? Absolutely not. I actually, I did
5: see the most important last four minutes. So that's (laughs) about it.
3: I had it on TV too. Every time I look up, the Hawks are scoring at will. And finally, you're right. It's like 113, 110 Hawks. I'm like, shit, is this going to go seven? Because... You know, things happen in Game Seven. Somebody turns an ankle, and then basically the Celtics took over nine nothing run. Marcus Smart playing well, Jalen Brown playing well, Tatum dunked back, and the Hawks are dead. I'm just going to say this, Rob: the fight from the Hawks the last two games kind of impressive. I don't think they need to make wholesale changes, despite the first round loss. Quinn Snyder was only there for like what two months. I like the Hawks. Matchups matter, and listen, we got to be honest with ourselves. I don't give a shit how good the Bucks were the last three regular seasons. I don't know how much I trust this team going forward. Like, I, we think there's going to be major things going on. Brooke Lopez is a um, free agent. Middleton, we'll see what happens with his deal. Um, I don't know what happens with Budenholzer. I don't know if they fire him, but that was a ghastly series against the Heat. And it now sets up what the NBA has to love, Rob. Celtics, Sixers, Knicks, Heat. Those are... I think the three biggest – three of the five biggest media markets in the country, right? Philly, Boston, and New York. And the Heat, who have a following thanks to, I think, LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Um, Knicks are actually favored slightly against the Heat. I think I saw minus 160 for the series. Uh, Celtics are like, like minus like 250 against the Sixers, uh, slightly heavier favorites. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lean Celtics-Knicks, and that's just like a wet dream for TNT or EBSPN, whoever hosts that. That's, I think Celtics Knicks would be really good. Um, any early leans
5: on that, Rob? I'm um, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, and you laughed at me. I think it was this time last week when I said, "Watch out for the New York Knicks that they can make the right. run to the Eastern Finals." Yeah. And um, now
4: you know, Randall.
5: I, Randall though is, is hurt again. Right. But uh, the one thing that we saw in uh, against Cleveland is that Julius Randall was not very effective outside of you know the game he got hurt, which was what game five. Um, wasn't shooting the ball well. Didn't look as explosive as he looked in the regular season. And yet, that didn't seem to matter. Like They they got this this really stingy defense. Obi Toppin was finally let out of his cage a little bit, provided some spacing, provided some energy. Um, I know Jimmy Butler is looking like a Hall of Famer right now, but I I do like New York in this series. And as far as Boston and and Philly, I think this might be a sweep. I I don't think Philly has anything to match up at all with what Boston can bring. Couple that with... uh, the knee issue for Joel Embiid. Yeah, this one could be over quickly.
3: I think the Hawks have better a uh, better offense than the Sixers. I know the numbers don't bear that out, um, but Atlanta, they, Boston could not really stop them. They just couldn't. Atlanta has a lot of guys. Uh, Joel Embiid's better than anyone on Atlanta, but like you said, he's hurt. I, I'm just going to point this out with the Heat because I know a lot of people will be like, "Oh, disrespecting the Heat again, Jay." I see. The Milwaukee Bucks' like game plan is: we will permit threes. But we're going to protect the room. You're not going to score inside on us. So we'll let you shoot a bunch of threes. The problem is, and that by the way, that should have been good against the Heat, who I think ranked 27th in the league shooting threes. I think I mentioned that yesterday. So I looked this up, Rob. Are you ready for this? The Heat shot 45% on threes in the series. 45. That's Curry-like. Jimmy Butler was 44% on threes. Gabe Vincent, 42. Kevin Love. Kevin Love, yes, that Kevin Love. 43%. And then I had to triple-check this, Rob. Duncan Robinson shot 73% on threes in the five-game series. 73. 14 of 19. The Knicks will absolutely not be giving up any of that. So how will the Heat then score in the half court? Because they're not going to get these open threes that they got against the Bucs. So that's the main reason I like the Knicks. Um, Even without Randall, I think they'll be fine. Uh, Randall probably would be uh, an issue for the Heat because the the Cavs had, what's his name, Um, Mobley to match up with Randall. I mean, are you going to put Bam on Randall, And then you're pulling Bam, your only rim protector, out of the lane? You would have Kevin Love on the inside? I don't know. Um, And let's go to tonight's games, Rob. Nervous level for the Lakers. Man. If 10 is, OMG, we're going to blow a 3-1 lead. For me, I'll put it at 8.5.
5: Your level. Wow. Uh, Like a 3? If that. Oh, you think it's a wrap. Oh, I think it's a done deal. I, I don't think there's any – I think that the
3: – Based on what?
5: I think Le, LeBron went into game five expecting that they were going to win, that they was going to come back to game six. I, I think that his energy level, especially early on, w- was minimal. I thought that he was settling for a lot of threes. He didn't want to drive into the paint, bring any wear and tear into his body. Um, I think he t- attempted. I think more than half of his shots were from three point land. Now, obviously, he didn't make uh, any of them. He was like one for nine. From one three. for
3: nine. Yep, five um, to seventeen overall. Yep.
5: Yeah, so he he wasn't even looking to to assert himself in the paint. I think he knew very quickly that they couldn't match Memphis's energy. I'm just gonna, you know, if I can bomb away from three and make a bunch of, them, maybe we'll win that way. But he didn't definitely did not look as locked in as I expect him to. I think this is going to be a game where he and AD are both going to play in the mid forties, and as far as minutes, whether even if it's in a regulation, I think the Lakers are going to stomp on the throat of Memphis. This is going to be over. We are going to get Warriors Lakers game one on Sunday.
3: As if the Grizzlies didn't have enough injuries, Luke Kennard has a shoulder thing. I don't yes, know sir. if it's a shooting shoulder, but he couldn't finish game. Ideal.
5: Couldn't finish game five.
3: They, yeah, he did leave early. They did not. They have no bench. Like after Luke Kennard, it's Conchar, uh, Roddy. Aldama, who else? Uh, Kenny Lofton, Zaire. Williams. Yeah, like I, I don't see it. The thing that scares me is if Dedman, Desmond Bain goes off. I don't. What do you do? Because they've had Vanderbilt mostly on John ja Morant and Austin Reeves on Bain. Those are your two. So you. So that's the problem. Out. You have those two, and then you have LeBron and AD. And who's the fifth guy? Is it Rui? Because. Rui really had a little regression there in Game Five. They can't play AD at center without Gabriel. You know this. I get really pissed when Darvin Ham doesn't get it. As have you seen the stats? Uh, hold up, the stats with AD off the court. I hope I didn't delete it. Okay, AD sitting in the first quarter when the Lakers went small. Memphis went on a thirteen to four run. In the second quarter, when they were like, oh, we're going to sit AD, but we got to put Gabriel in. It was only 5-4 Memphis. Late third. This is the point I talked about on yesterday's pod that pissed me off. No AD, no no Gabriel. 7 nothing Memphis. So in the first and third, no AD, no Gabriel. 20-4 to four Memphis. They just attacked a hoop, Rob. Uh, nobody's afraid of Rui Hachimura. And I'm sorry, but LeBron is 38. He's not like a rim protector. And then in the fourth, they went Gabriel, but it was mostly garbage time. Rob? If Darvin Ham keeps his bullshit up tonight, there's a chance I'm breaking something. Because it ain't going to work. Vanderbilt is not your center. I'm not asking for heavy Gabriel minutes. Are you with me, or do you think he should still go small?
5: No, I totally agree with you. And that's why I think that 80 is going to play heavy minutes. I think he's going to play at least 40. But whatever he does not whether that's seven, eight minutes, five minutes, four minutes, it's got to be another center.
3: And how do you want them defending John Bain?
5: I think they're going to stick with what they've been doing, even if it hasn't been as effective the last few games. What I would have done personally is I would have flipped it. I would have put Austin Reeves on John Morant, and I would have put um, Jared Vanderbilt on Desmond Bain because it's been it's pretty clear at this point that as good of a defender as Jared Vanderbilt is, it doesn't matter for John Morant. He's too quick. He can get the the high pick and roll is going to get Vanderbilt off him just long enough to get into the paint, and he can shoot a little floater. He, his jumper's been falling pretty well in this series. So at that point, I wouldn't waste my best defender on a guy who's just going to screen roll him all day. All okay.
3: Deal? Uh, the only pushback would be Ja attacks relentlessly and foul trouble could be an issue. And I think Reeves is more valuable than, than Vanderbilt at the offensive end. Reeves can create 17-8 rebounds, six assists, I, 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 but it's not ideal. And then the problem is, okay, one of those guys goes out. D'Angelo Russell can card either of those guys. Right. That's obvious. Tro- t- who is it? Troy Brown? Beasley? Are we gonna see Lonnie Walker, I, I, Rob? That's I'd much I'm rather see him.
5: Lonnie Walker than
3: Malik Beasley at this point. Yeah, Beasley, Beasley's on the struggle bus. Uh, I, I'm I'm over Troy Brown, but as we know, role players play well at home. Maybe the Lakers deliver. And finally, oh, so anyways, four and a half. Are you looking Lakers or Grizz? Lakers. I like the confidence. I don't think I can ride with you. I, I, <laughs> that's the thing. I don't think I can ride Kings because um, this team's not going out without a fight. They're yeah, this I would not, I would go uh, over under one, uh, over under half a technical for the Kings. No, in the game, War, uh, yeah. Lakers. Chris. Oh, Lakers. Oh, ooh. it'd probably be one and a half. Over. I I think Memph- uh, if Memphis is going down, they're not going down without a fight.
5: Yeah, I would agree with that, but I think the Lakers ultimately pull away in the fourth quarter.
3: And then we can wrap it with um, Warriors Kings. At Golden State, I think if the Warriors come in thinking, oh, we're safe, we got it, they will lose. Would not shock me at all. But Fox, 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter, it felt a little dicey for him. I don't know if the finger was acting up. I don't know who their third score is going to be because Sabonis has not played well at Oracle or Chase Center or whatever. Um, Warriors, 7.5 feels like a big number, no?
5: Kind of. Um as far as from a betting perspective, I I love Sacramento in this spot to cover the Whoa. seven and a half. I don't think they're not gonna win, um, but just because they they all the great shooting and great offense they had in the regular season has disappeared. Like they they outside of what was it game one, yeah, uh, game two, the fourth quarter, and game five, the first quarter, they just forgot how to shoot. Kevin Herter again. I told him we can't call him Red Velvet anymore on this podcast because he stopped shooting. You know, uh, Malik Monk has has been hot and cold. Uh, Keegan Murray had a big outburst, and then they didn't do anything after that. So, if their shooting does not return to its regular season form, there's no way they can win this game. But because I expect them to be scrappy, their season's on the line, I think they cover the seven and a half.
3: Interesting. I was, I was leaning them as well. I'm leaning both dogs. Nothing actionable. And again, a couple guys asking, why is there no best bet? Guys, I gotta be honest. I don't these, these sides are close, man. Like I, the, the Bucs series mess with my head. The Knicks upsetting. Um, a, a lot of teams that are winning are covering. Celtics got a super lucky cover Thursday. At any rate, um, draft tonight, draft Saturday, NBA. Sunday could be crazy. Two game sevens and a game one. Who knows? We'll talk to you Monday.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats,